Hey. Hey, sir. How are you? I'm good. My Wi-Fi is trash right now, so apologies. Can you guys? Am I frozen? No, you're here. You're good. No, we can hear you. Wow, we are. We're honestly shocked you're on time because all of our guests are always late. So we're like, oh, she's here. It's six thirty. <laughs> <laughs> I hate people waiting on me, so. Love it. Um, I think we were going to give, I mean, we have 30 people. Sandy, you think we should just get started? Yeah, we can get started. Cool. Well, it's time to quarantine with Issa Frey. Issa, thank you so much for joining us. This is um, our, our Hearst Black Culture group. So I'm Ariadne. I'm the digital director for Oprah Mag. And before we get in, we have like a couple things. We have a questions, games, but we first... Um, wanted to tell you a little bit about HBC. Sandy, do you want to do the, do the honors? Yes. So Issa, thank you again so much for joining us. Um, you My are pleasure. definitely part of the reason why HBC was started, um, especially for me, just coming into like Hearst Magazine and not seeing myself represented at Hearst um, and just needing a group, a safe space. So that's pretty much why HBC was started. For to create a safe space for Black employees, being to be a sounding board first for Hearst editorial. So whether they're working on um, Black culture pieces and they need another ear or they need some proofreading, they can send it over to us, and we can just make sure that the message is going across the the right way, as well as recruiting more diverse talent um, within Hearst magazine. So so far, it's like been really really well. We have about ninety people, if I'm not mistaken, and it's just growing and growing. So we're so excited. Um, you definitely are a pioneer in like making sure that our people are seen. So it's it's super important that we had this here. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. You're welcome. And people got dressed for you today. I see all. Right. I put on some lip gloss and everything for you. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I don't know why I can see the same order, but y'all like are real dressed up. Should I change out my sweatshirt? <laughs> Dang. Oh, you're good, you're good. <laughs> Normally, on these Zooms, we have like a little bun going on, but everybody got dressed today for Issa Rae. Um, <laughs> I have a couple, I have some questions for you before we open it up to, to the larger group. So first of all, again, thank you for joining us. And tell us a little bit about how you're doing, what's your kind of quarantine situation, and what's been keeping your spirits high these days? Um, my quarantine situation now, we've started the writer's room of uh, season five, so, ooh, sorry, I'm going to extra, ooh, sorry, I'm going to down on your computer, if you're using your headset, you need to turn off the Okay. Yeah. Everyone else can also mute. Make sure that you mute. Oh, yeah, Sandy, I see you muted everybody. Yeah, let's mute everybody and then we can unmute Isa. Yeah. Sorry about that. Is this good? Okay. Yeah, that's better. I, I asked if yes, everybody's on mute. Um, but yeah, my quarantine. <laughs> Thank you. 
my quarantine routine has just been um, being back in the writer's room season five. And that's been kind of like the highlight of my day. Uh, we're just working on the next season. And beyond that, I'm a routine heavy person. So it's just been about trying to get writing done and all the other business work that I have uh, with, with my, my companies and my team members. But it's just been... I'm kind of going to be sad when we have to go back to real buildings. <laughs> you feel like, like you're a work from home person. You're like, you're cool just being in the house. Like, you don't miss being in the office. I definitely miss the office. I miss coffee shops and restaurants and things like that. But uh, beyond that, it's just nice to be in work from home. So you've had a crazy year. I mean, I I was just thinking about this as we were preparing for this, and I'm like, you're like movie star right now. You got a TV show happening right now. You got a music company. Like you have so much happening. Oh wait, you're still there? Can you guys all? I am. I think we're at a delay. Yeah. Can everyone just um, turn their video off? There's There's a weird delay. If we if if a few people just turn their video off, I think it'll it'll help. Okay. I'm gonna come and I'll try to come back. It's just at a delay. I'm so sorry. That's okay. No, okay, it's I fine. Can hear you. This wouldn't this wouldn't be us if it didn't happen, right? <laughs> right. I mean. So I just think is this a lot of delay for you guys for me? Yes. Yes. I can hear you fine. It's definitely. But it's not a delay. Now it's good. It was a delay a minute ago. Okay. I'm trusting you. <laughs> now now it's good it's like a little slow but it's not delete so i can see it okay okay can you hear me okay, okay? cool mm-hmm. yeah so no i was just asking i was saying that like you have literally a million things happening you got insecure you just had like a you've had two movies was the photograph this year or last year i don't even know what day it was the photograph was this year right it was it was this year it was in february <laughs> You had two movies this year. You also have a music. Co- so tell me a little bit about like, was this kind of plan? Was it like, were you kind of like 2020 is my year? Like I have all these things going on or was it like, this is just kind of how God worked and this was the year for you? It kind of just worked out that way. You know, uh, Insecure takes up like nine months out of my year. And then I have a small window to do movies and I know I don't know, either when I even filmed those movies, whether it was in 2009, it had to be 2019. But I was just like, okay, this is the window. I have three months off and I'm just gonna shoot these and then go back. And then, you know, they decided to come out around the same time this year. So part of me was like, okay, well, this is like, it's, it's gonna be out here, it's gonna happen. And we'll see, like this year will either make or break me. And I got really anxious about it. Like, oh shit, this year, like, it'll either pop or it won't. Like, I don't know what to expect. The show is going to come back around the same time. So it just feels like a lot of me. Um, so a part of me was a little bit worried, but 
this pandemic, I'm not going to lie, the way it worked out, it worked out. Because I was just like, February, a movie, and then April is another movie. It just feels like a lot of pressure, but uh, yeah, it, it, it worked out. Are you a self-care person? Like, I know Molly and Issa on the show have their little self-care Sunday. Are you like, do you have anything that you do to kind of make sure that because you do have so much going on that you're taking care of Issa? No, unfortunately, I do not. I need to get better at that. In fact, I had a massage booked right before the pandemic. And then literally, you know, I couldn't go. I was like, they're not taking nobody. They're not. Like, they won't even touch my body. Okay, cool, yeah. I, would, I could have COVID. I get it. So, so many of us were talking before today about the new season of Insecure. I mean, I just feel like every, like, like every season, everyone's tweeting constantly. Like, Black Twitter is my favorite thing after Insecure goes off. Um, tell us a little bit about why you chose this season to focus on Molly and Issa's. I think, I think especially for a lot of Black women, I think we haven't really in a long time, aside from Insecure, probably maybe since like Girlfriends, we haven't seen like that kind of a storyline be central on a TV show. So tell us a little bit about why you guys wanted to focus the season. I think we had been kind of building to this moment. And um, for me, it was just also about tackling things that I had experienced. Like I've experienced real life friendship breakups and to your point, I had not seen them until a show like Girlfriends or, you know, it had been elements in certain shows, but it had never taken up, you know, the entire story. And I feel like if we've done our job, you care about Molly and Issa and you care about this relationship. And it was also just a, a reminder that this show is about, at its core, Issa and Molly. And uh, their friendship, I feel like, has been put to the test because they're in different stages in life and they've kind of swapped where Molly is focusing more on her relationship and it's her first time entering uh or first time in a long time entering a, a serious relationship and she wants to focus her energy on that and then on Issa's side she's focusing on um building her this platform for herself and this in this in this business and this um this block party and that means so much to her and her career is her main focus and so there's just the tension of those shifts in the in in their relationship. I think like a lot of people, I mean, most of the people in this group are creatives of some kind or we're, you know, we all work in media and, you know, you started off as a writer and you're, you know, a creative, you know, at, at your core, but now you're also like a movie star, like starring in, you know, these big projects. So one question that someone had was, you know, how has that transition been for you? Is that something that you feel like was there, was there anything that you had to unlearn or did you have to kind of prepare yourself to be like an on-screen star when you always were more of like the writer creator behind the scenes? Uh, a little bit. I think, you know, Insecure preps me a lot, but I will say that I don't think I'll ever go into a movie without having time to process again. I think for me, you know, doing uh, other movies, it was just like, I, I just felt like I had more time to to decompress and I really want to be able to take on the next role and just be like, this is my entire focus. Cause I feel like that's the benefit of 
a lot of actors who get to focus on just acting is just like you get to dedicate your entire being to that. And I think as a writer, perform, uh, performer, producer, even on Insecure, I get to juggle, I, I get to wear one hat at a time um, and focus on one thing at a time and obviously know the story inside out. So it's a different process, but for a film, I just want to be afforded the same thing. And that, that was, that's a learning lesson to me along the way. It was just like, I wonder what it's like to just purely do one job um, and immerse yourself in one job. One thing, I mean, there's been a lot of conversation around Gabrielle Union, you know, spoke out and she said that like during this pandemic, it's harder for black entertainers specifically to like find opportunities and to be making money right now, um, which I thought was really interesting. And, you know, it was one, I thought it was an interesting aspect that no one was really talking about. Is that something that you've seen that you feel like there needs to be more support specifically for black creatives right now? A hundred percent. I think that she was spot on with that. And, you know, I'm glad that she put a voice to it and put words to it. But it's just, it's a huge problem in this industry. And I think it's something that I think Black creatives and certain creatives of color are interested in tackling, but it's not necessarily a, a top priority for white creatives who you know, frankly, run this industry right now and who are the in the executive position. So it's just, it, it gets discouraging uh, sometimes. And I admittedly am in a bubble because sometimes I'm in a bubble of, of Blackness. And I, like, even being, going from Insecure and other projects, uh, I've been naively floored to be like, what the, f-? like, everybody, all of y- y'all didn't even try. Y'all didn't even try to hire anybody. <laughs> Like, y- y'all see what I see. You don't see anything wrong with this. And there's something uh, really, really frustrating about that. It's just like that we always have to be the ones to call things out. We always have to be the ones to say, hey, uh, it'd be nice to get a little more female voices in here because this is a, a, a movie about, like, women. So it's just uh, you guys hired all men or, or, oh, hey, this is a black story and they're not black writers here are a lot of black people behind the scenes so and it gets frustrating to, for you to have to call that out constantly but unfortunately it's just necessary to create change and until white people notice and and do something about it it is going to be our burden what is the last thing that Issa Rae watched that she like the, the last thing that you binge watched that she really liked <laughs> Uh, it's embarrassing, but I am really into Married at First Sight right now. Have y'all watched that? I just saw it on Netflix, and I like to watch mindless stuff for the most part uh, when I'm working, because it's just like, you know, I want to turn my stuff off. I want my mind off at night, and um, that show is, whew, that is intense. I'm only on season nine, so don't give me spoilers, and I'm so tempted to like look up because you invest in these couples and you're rooting for them one of them I'm watching I'm like he is such a good man I hope she recognizes like that is a good man he's so patient and I want to see if they <laughs> if they make it but um, I'm holding out people last week we were in this group talking about people were also talking about 90 day fiance and I'm just like I don't know y'all if I'm if I'm down for these shows but maybe I need to just give in and just try everyone's talking about them yeah, I had to do like a promo thing for 90 Day Fiance, and I was like, I need to watch this, but I don't have the channel, so um, I would be watching that too. Okay, my next question before we go to a game real quick. Um, 
obviously everybody on Twitter is always complaining about the 30 minute episodes of Insecure. What, I mean, are you like, are you over this conversation right now? Is that like, I always, cause I always assume it must be HBO. Like there must be a reason why, like there's a bigger decision as to why it's 30 minutes. So like, what is the, what's your response to people whenever I'm like, you need more time. Because I sold a half hour show to HBO. It's so many different factors. It's like, yeah, it's like, it's a, it's a comedy. I know that we have dramatic elements, but it's, it, it's supposed to be that length. And we, we want to tell stories at that length. And I think we examine the show. I know we examine the show as a season. So like there may be some episodes that like six and seven, if you watched last week, six, seven and eight actually are to be considered like one full story. If you, and, you, and you'll see eight why. Um, on Sunday and we like to just play with our storytelling and I think once it becomes an hour it's a, it's a drama you know it, it is no matter the format it's still a drama and it's just you're you're telling different stories than what we set out to do and I wanted to make a a core story about you know like I mentioned Issa and Molly and part of me also gets frustrated because it's like just let us tell the story damn like I love I a hundred percent appreciate that people want to want the show to be longer and I, I get that part of just like we just want more we just want more we just want more but when you're just like mm-hmm, these old filler episodes you ain't gonna do it and it's like we don't do filler episodes we're, we're telling a larger story so like just just let us do that I wonder sometimes I'm like I sometimes I think that maybe because we're so used to binge watching everything now like on Netflix like you could just watch all the episodes I feel like that's part of it too is like we're not used to anymore waiting all, like we gotta wait a whole week to find out if Molly talking to the therapist like it's like it's a whole week so I think that's probably part of it too um so (laughs) which I completely get that's fair so we have more questions but wanted to take a break real quick because we so we saw you were on Black AF on on Netflix and so we thought it would be a good opportunity to play a little game of Black Card Revoked which is our favorite game in this crew so Christine do you want to do you want to take it sure can you guys hear me okay Yes. All right. So Am I still at a delay? Are we still good? No, we're good. I like turn my camera on and come back. Okay. I think you're good. Um, so here we like to play a, a little card of uh, a little game of Black Card Revolt, um, where we kind of test your blackness. We all know that you are, you know, you're there. You are the epitome of black. But we want to see where you are with this game. Um, so without further ado, your first question is: In Bonnie, Bonnie and Clyde, Young Hope told B. To look for him where? A, the studio. B, cruising on the West Side Highway. C, at Ty Fi's house. <laughs> or at or D in Marcy Project. Um, cruising down the West Side Highway, Beyonce Harmony. All right. Ding 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 ding. She got that one right, y'all. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right, next question. So <laughs> Who played Ricky in Boys in the Hood? Is it A, Ice Cube, B, Tupac Shakur, C, Morris Chestnut, or D, Cuba Gooding Jr.? It's Morris Chestnut, right? It is. Yes, you got it. <laughs> oh, I'm like, it's Cuba or Morris. Okay. <laughs> that was a hard one. I had to double think for that one, too. <laughs> Um, next question. So who was not a fly girl in, in Living Color? Was it A, who was not a fly girl? Is it A, Jennifer mm-hmm. Lopez, B, Tisha Campbell, C, Carrie Ann Inaba, 
or D, Rosie Perez? Uh... Tisha Campbell, I don't know who Carrie Ann and Ava is. Tisha Campbell wasn't a fly girl, was she? No, you got that one right. It wasn't Tisha Campbell. <laughs> who is Carrie Ann? So she had to be a fly girl, so she's a fly girl. Okay. <laughs> got it. All right, next question. He's head of the Cash Money Brothers. Is it A, G Money, B, Nino Brown, C, oh. Kareem Akbar, or D, Big Chris? Nino Brown. I thought you were talking about <laughs> taking over for the 99 of the 2000s cash money. <laughs> Manny and Baby was brothers the whole time? Got it. <laughs> this is definitely a movie question. Cool. All right, we got two more for you. Ready? Um, what did LL Cool J want his around the world girl to have? Around the way girl. Sorry. Is it A, diamond earrings, B, extensions in her hair, C, a Chanel bag, or D, a big butt? Uh, I want a girl with extensions in her hair. But is it? Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, is it, didn't he want a Chanel bag too? But I'm wrong. She probably did on the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last question. According to Queen B, what is the best revenge? Is it A, slang? Is it B, dinner at Red Lobster, C, a mean wig, or D, your paper? The best revenge is your paper. Yes. Yes. Let them know. <laughs> That's it. Book. <laughs> All right, Issa, you are six for six. You can right? keep your black Yes. Heart. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much. I would like to hold on to it. <laughs> Issa's black card is not revoked at all. Okay. <laughs> Before we open it up to questions from the group, Tommy, I think you had a couple questions. Did you wanna? Did you wanna go next? Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, Issa, thank you so much for joining us. We're so happy to have you, and you're just—I know I can speak for everyone in Hearst Black culture when I say that you're bringing so much joy to our day today. Um, so thank you for coming. Um, I want to ask a question about Insecure. So I'm all caught up um, and I've been watching every Sunday faithfully. Um, and I just wanted to ask you a question about, um, we're definitely on the edge of our seats for the next episode. I mean, I think Issa had, in, in the episode that Issa has been handling um, her interactions with Lawrence very, very well. Can you give us just some more insights on um, Issa and Lawrence's dynamics? I feel like, they just seem a lot more mature now um, in terms of like handling situations with each other. Obviously, Lawrence is in a very um, a better place with his career. He's not working at Best Buy anymore. He's, you know, doing more things in tech and like Issa's kind of growing in her own right with her eventing and all of that. So um, yeah, just can you give us some more insight on like what we can expect in terms of like their relationship dynamics in the next episode? Uh, I can give you non-spoilery stuff where I can tell you that next episode is from Lawrence's perspective. Um, so if you'll notice, like, post-Black Party, episode six was Issa, seven was Molly, and, and this is more about uh, uh, Lawrence. And I think, you're right, like, it's been a year since they've broken up, since, you know, the, the course of the series, I know that we've been doing this show for 
four years uh, now, but on the course of the show, it's probably been like a year and a half so far. Um, so that gives you insight into like how far they've come and how long it's been since they've broken up and all the things that they've been through since one another. So um, I guess that's all I can say in advance of the episode on Sunday, but you'll, you'll get insight for sure. Awesome. Well, definitely looking forward to it. Um, and then I also wanted to ask, uh, the fashion in the show is so spectacular. So obviously, you know, the costume design, I think Shiona is like mind blowing with what she does in terms of all the costume design and just kind of creating the best moments with fashion in like all of the different scenes. So um, how do you kind of create that marriage of like fashion and costume design. I was watching the show the other day and we were just gawking at like all of Molly's looks during the uh, travel scenes. So like from that whole like yellow um, off-white number, the Nike number that she did when they were hiking to like that all white look, the bathing suit look when she was kind of like walking down the beach. So I just want to know more about like your process in terms of like marrying the fashion element to the script, but then also like, where can we find out more information about like what these looks actually are? Cause I'm like, I think I'm a pretty, like I know fashion a bit, like I know a Valentino pant when I see one, but like, I want to <laughs> know, like, I want to know what Andrew's wearing. Like, is it, you know, what what I think it is. So yeah, so I guess it's a two-parter, like what's, you know, yeah. kind of, how do you marry those two aspects? And then also like, how do we know, like how can we find out more about like what everyone is wearing on the cat in, in the series? Well, to the second part of the question, you know, Shiona, I think after every episode, maybe the Monday after or the Tuesday after, always gives a rundown on her Instagram stories about like the process and what each character is wearing specifically and tagging designers. And she's very conscious about trying to find black designers, but also, you know, maintaining the character style and, and their sense of, um, obviously their, their, their fashion sense and, um, their budget in many cases. And that's pretty much the extent of my collaboration with her. Like I trust her so much and she has such a great eye. And for me, it's more about story and more about, okay, but would this character wear this at this time? And Issa is broke. So she's gonna be repeating clothes. Like, please, I know you wanna show off this, but like, can we just please? And that's where we'll like butt heads because she's very passionate and she's just, like fine if you want to have a raggedy show and you want to have her wear this great but she's just so um uh, of an eye towards um making sure that these characters feel trendy that they and that the, the clothes feel true to who they are and uh, a lot of our conversations are just about the state of mind where they're going and a progression like for Issa this season it was about trying to initially like impress condola and keep up with condola and feel like she's grown and molly never misses a beat style wise and we wanted to make sure that it, it her her journey this season was more representative in in the colors that she wears right. and um with our male characters obviously we want to just make them feel different because i think you know men's fashion is important too and a lot of men care and, and put attention into the the clothes that they wear to make statements about who they are. And with Andrew specifically, we wanted him to, you know, he was in the music industry, so we wanted him to feel like 
he knows how to dress and he's going to talk to musicians and booking concerts and things like that all the time. So he feels trendy and in the know. And um, yeah, so a lot of the conversations I have, she takes and runs with it. Can I, on a similar note, I was going to ask about the soundtrack is literally one of my favorite things also. Like, I just think that the, the attention to detail between the clothes, also people in the comments are talking about like, Issa's hair is always in like dope styles. Like there's so much attention to detail too. So is that like, you also have like a music consultant, like tell us a little bit about the music and also the beauty part of it too. Yeah, so the music for me, thank you for that, was uh, for sure uh, like a mandate of mine. Like the music had to be good. And uh, so we have an amazing music supervisor, Kier Lehman. And then Melina, who um, was our director for the first and second seasons for most of the episodes, uh, was like, oh, Raphael Sadiq might be interested in composing the show. Do you want to do that? Uh, do you want to have him do that? And I was like, fuck yeah. Like he would like literally make music for our show. And um, so he's been doing that since season one. So a lot of the, the music that's not like mainstream music that you hear Sorry, I know I'm freezing. Am I frozen? I'm good. I can still, I can hear you. The, yeah, the, the video is a little yeah. like yeah. slow. Oh, a little. Choppy. I'm, I just yeah, turn like I off my, my video real quick, but I'm going to move. I'm going to try to move. Okay, well, we can hear you right now. Okay, well, yeah, like, the, 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 he's been doing a lot of the composing for the, the season and the score that you hear. And then um, beyond that, it's just Kira putting me on to a lot of new music, uh, me tapping into certain, like, uh, songs that I listen to and artists that I listen to that I get really excited about. And uh, just seeing what, what, and marking what fits with, with the scene and the show and, uh, and some of the themes. But that is my favorite part, too. Is this better? Yeah, I think that's a little bit better. Yeah, that's better. It's still gonna, it's still gonna fuck up. I got spectrum. It's terrible. Spectrum trash. Sorry, spectrum. <laughs> I got them too. Um, okay, my last <laughs> before before I open it up to everybody is you know a conversation that we have a lot in this group is we talk a lot about what it's like to try to tell our own stories in mostly white spaces. So like, you know, most of us like. I'm lucky that, you know, I work for Oprah Mag, but even Oprah Magazine, I mean, to be real with you, most of the staff is white, right? A lot of the, the teams that, you know, are at Hearst and in media and, you know, creative fields, we're all mostly work, working in these, like, mostly white spaces. So if, do you have any advice to anyone who's on this call who is struggling with, like, I feel like I want to be more myself or I feel like I want to tell more of my own story, but I don't really know how to do that in a space that, where everyone doesn't look like me? Ooh, that is hard. Um, I would say to find your people, find um, whether they're allies that are black or allies of color, like y'all just got to get together and do the best with what you can. Um, I would also say like to, to examine how much you care about your job and, and, and recognize your worth, like you were hired for a reason and so your voice matters and I know that it can be frustrating to be the one to speak up or to feel overlooked. Um, but people 
have to value your presence at the end of the day. Like if you're doing your job right, you have to understand what you're bringing to the table. And so to kind of rest in that and um, rest assured. But I think finding the people that you can, uh, that you can connect with and who, who share your sentiments uh, is, is so important. So that's dope. Um, okay, Cortland, is Cortland here? I can't see it. There's mad people in here. Cortland had a question. Oh, there she is. Cortland, you had a, a great question about the music company. I'm going to send it to you. Oh, hey, Issa. Um, thank you so much for doing this. This is so dope. You are goals. Um, I just wanted to know, like, <laughs> I wanted to know more about, um, like, your music company and just, like, as a creative um when did you like when do you identify good moments to like extend another leg of your entity because you're you're literally an entity now so like how how do you go about knowing when it's safe to add a new leg to it and um just more like what's what is going on with radio uh well thank you for those compliments uh for me it's just if it feels right uh and if i have the people and team members behind that support it like i constantly before i take anything new on will gather the people i work with together and just be like look this is what i'm thinking because i'm a very impulsive person too so i have to ask myself like one is this something that i can actually take on bandwidth wise two am i qualified to do it just because i want to do it doesn't mean i should do it um and uh three if we have the support to make it happen and i have to make sure that everybody on the team is um willing to put in the work for it too like because i don't want to do this and you know uh somebody is just not as enthused or is lackluster or not giving it their all so i i assure that they commit to it but i very much trust the people that i work with and even with something like radio I've been working with the current president of the label since 2011. Like he was my, my homegirl's boyfriend at the time. They didn't last, their relationship didn't last, but ours did, um, our working relationship. And he's just been, you know, phenomenal. He came from a music background, but wanted to help me with my web series, wanted to work in business development. And as we were transitioning into the film and television, he was taking that journey with us, but that wasn't necessarily his ministry, you know, but I always recognized his work ethic and he uh, was as into it as he could be. But when this music opportunity came up, when, when I got approached to, to start a label, I hit him and I was like, yo, uh, this opportunity came back. Like, I think that you would kill it and I feel like you should run it. And uh, especially given your music background and your business background and um, trusted him and he has hit the ground running with it just in terms of making it what it is and and even the vision for it is uh, I'm just so proud of where he's taken it so far behind the scenes so uh, in short yeah I trust the people around me to help me make these decisions awesome thank you Alyssa you don't have your you don't have your video on but you had a good question about um about working with like network executives, if you're there to ask your questions. So that's hey, Issa, can you guys hear me? I can hear you great. Oh, perfect. So 
Uh, my question is, as executive producer, when you're in that creative room making decisions on TV shows and movies, have you ever felt like you had to fight for something to stay on the show? Uh, has there ever been a time where a network or a person has tried to water down topics similar to like Kenya Barris's experience with Blackish? Luckily for me, no, because I mean, I've had to definitely fight for content in shows and content in episodes. But I will say that with HBO, um, the blessing and the whole reason I wanted to work with them is because they are so raw and unfiltered. They're very creator friendly. And um, so content wise, like any of the race stuff that we're talking about, any of the sexual stuff that we're talking about, anything that we're talking about, they've never questioned the content. They only focus on story. And uh, that's what I respect. Like it's always been like uh, story notes or getting an edit back. Like, do you need this scene? Does it inform the story? And that's the most I've ever had to fight of just like, yeah, I want to fight to keep this scene in there. Like even with the Amal and Issa scene uh, in three, they wanted to cut an episode, uh, a part of it off, but purely for time and, and story. And it was just like, you know, having to come back and be like, we never get to see Amal and Issa in this way and be this candid. Um, and it just feels like a good moment for them. But beyond that, they're having, and then they, when you tell them that, they're like, okay, cool. I get, I get where you're coming from. Um, and let it ride, but it's been a purely creative process, and I'm I'm thankful for that. But ABC, that's a different world, baby. Ariel, are you here? I'm looking for Ariel. She, where is she at? She had a question about the Lovebirds. I don't know if she's on here right now. Y'all see her? Um, well, Ariel's question. Okay. Oh, there she goes. Um, my question was about your recent movie with um, Kumail. I'm obsessed with it. It was so great. Um, I was laughing the entire time, but I wonder mm -hmm. what it was like developing chemistry with Kumail, given the fact that it was a comedy, given the fact that the topic in the film was also hilarious. How do you guys kind of center yourselves to focus on the romantic aspects? Luckily with this project, um, we were working behind the scenes a lot to develop our characters and to make them feel real to us. Uh, just because, you know, initially in reading the script, it was a bit more generic and it was more um, centered towards like a white couple. And so we knew that we wanted to, to make the couple um, at least feel like real people. And so we were having a lot of conversations uh, before we started shooting just about our own, you know, intimate details and past relationships and um, things that make us tick, things that make us feel insecure. And those conversations were really um, helpful in, in terms of building our chemistry, building our dynamic, building our friendship. And I got to learn so much about him. He got to learn so much about me so that by the time we started shooting, we also knew the script inside out. We knew what beats we were supposed to hit. So it allowed for our improv to just be better because we knew like we weren't going to be improving scenes that didn't make sense to the story it was just like being able to bounce off of each other and that was so much fun and he's so you know he's so experienced he's a stand-up comedian he's so witty and so funny it was you know it was just such a treat to be able to try to you know catch up with him in many cases and he you know he just cracked me up in so many scenes so I definitely left that set like Damn, I feel like I got to work with like a, with 
Serena Williams. I don't know any Pakistani tennis players, or else I would have given that example. But he was he was legit. Thank you. Uh, I had one more question, which was about your creative process, because you, like you meant, you've been in, you have a lot of different projects going on, and you're a writer, but you're you know you're doing a lot of things. Do you ever have writer's block, or do you ever have? Is there anything that you do when you're like, I feel like. I need to kind of give myself a dose of like creative energy right now. And what's your, what's the secret? I procrastinate a lot, uh, though I don't have time to as much anymore, but uh, I just allow myself that. Like, you know, sometimes if I'm not feeling it, I allow myself at least one day a week to just say, fuck it, I'm not gonna, nothing's gonna get done today. And I'm only gonna feel bad about myself if I sit in front of this computer and can't think of, what to write or don't get done what I needed to get done. So I have to allow myself just that day to just be like, fuck it, uh, it's not gonna happen today. And then by the time I get to the next day, I'm hungry. Like, I'm like, oh, I missed out, let me think. And it, it comes to me or, you know, sometimes to, if it is just purely writer's block, I'll, I'll watch something, I'll read something, I'll take walks, I'll talk to my friends and try to get inspired. Uh, but I just, I try to find inspiration. But sometimes it really just comes down to, Sometimes the page is scarier than anything and it's just starting. Um, and so I also make many checklists that are so basic where it's like, write one sentence today or, you know, get a page done. And as long as I can check that off, I at least feel like I've accomplished something. So um, Terrence, I think you also had a question. Oh, I see Terrence with this, yes, with the shirt and the flowers. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, um, so hey. it's the lovebirds. Um, I think uh, first and foremost, I think single-handedly, you have made uh, automobile uh, cigarette lighters more relevant than ever before. So <laughs> let's see if that's a trend that happens uh, with new models, but amazing. Uh, but my real question is, um, I was curious because it was just so refreshing to see two brown people be the lead of more or less a romantic comedy, uh, let alone two brown people that aren't the same race. And I was wondering, uh, during the whole process of creating the movie, uh, was there ever any pushback or was that a question mark, whether it was marketing, et cetera? Um, or do you feel like both you and Camille's stardom and who you are transcended that? Yeah, that 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 was not an issue. Kumail was already attached to the script before I came on board, and um, it was just a matter of yeah, saying that I wanted to do it, and then beyond that, of course, there are things where it's just like, okay, are there people that are representing us on the marketing side? You know, are there people that know what they're talking about, so it doesn't sound crazy? Uh, but yeah, beyond that, there wasn't pushback or any um, any concerns about sorry, any concerns about like what what who we were as people and, and our ethnic backgrounds or race. Amazing, thank Megan, you. Megan, you had a question about um, Megan. I think you had a question about writers. If you wanted to ask that that question, I'm curious. Oh yeah, okay. Hey Issa, what's up? Um, I work at Cosmo. I helped out with like the video portions of your Cosmo um, cover shoot. 
Not yes, sure if you remember, but that you. all happened like right it. before we all. It came out so good. <laughs> nice to see you as well. Yeah, right? I think it turned out well, too. Um, obviously, our best cover yet. Um, anyways, I just want to know, like, your process <laughs> for, like, finding writers, hiring writers, like, you know, like, I'm not trying to ask for any particular reason, of course, but just, like, you know, like, and also just, like, people that you hire in general, like, the people that you, like, to surround yourself with, because I know it's hard, like, it must be, especially considering that you have a lot of hands, a lot of projects. Uh, yeah, well, thank you again. Uh, I, we usually find writers through, sometimes we do contests, and that's how we find writers. Like, a lot of the people uh, that oh, I work with, like, even holding an insecure contest to get PAs on set, like, uh, two of the writers, uh, two of the, the PAs that we got there have gone to our writers' rooms, and um, with Color Creative, another company that I have, have uh, discovered a few writers from there, um, just who didn't have representation. But beyond that, it is typically um, getting writers' recommendations through agents and, and things like that. So representation, as far as managers and agents are concerned, is the easiest way to get your work read and, and discovered. But we try to circumvent those platforms because they can be limiting and they can be catch-22 situations where it's like, I can't get a manager or agent because, um, you know, I, nobody knows me and people don't take unsolicited submissions and I haven't made anything. So that's why we try to create platforms for just anybody who's done the work to submit. Um, but beyond that, this is such a recommendation-heavy industry. It's just that that's what it comes down to. Awesome. Margie Thanks, you. So yeah, I also just like notice like you know on set like everyone on your team is really cool. Oh, thank you for that. Okay, that, yeah, that was ghetto. Just Margie, I, don't know what I was like, see <laughs> technical difficulties, but Margie, if you're here, ask your question because I think this is a good one. <laughs> I see Margie's name, but her. All right, we'll ask her question for her. Her question, her question was, how are you, how are you and your products received outside of the United States in places like Nigeria or Senegal? Oh, I don't know. Uh, that is a good question. I don't, I don't know about Senegal. I'm very scared uh about it airing in synagogue just because you know my aunties and stuff like are very yeah you know they're like hardcore muslim in some cases and uh, that is not how i wanted them to see me they haven't seen me in years so i have no idea i did go to a, an event called mipcom and got to hear that was the first time that I realized like, oh, Insecure is in multiple countries and, and people get to, to check it out. And I was like, but who's dubbing me? Like, are y'all dubbing me or is it subtitles? Like, who, whose voice? Is it a high voice or a low voice? Um, but I, I'm actually not sure. This is the first year where, um, like even with this Netflix movie, Lovebirds, it, it just went internationally so quickly. Um, and I've only heard about Insecure like on social media through South Africa, which 
uh, is so dope just to see people tweet about the show, you know, a couple of days later and then um, you, the UK. Uh, but I would love to hear about everywhere else in Africa except for Senegal. That's so, um, Sandy, I feel like you had a little outro that you wanted to do as we start to wrap up. I also feel like we need to do an official cheers because we haven't done one. I don't know if you're, Issa, I don't know if you're drinking. You're in LA. I've been drinking this whole time and y'all have not. So where are y'all? Okay, I see drinks now. Okay. I have been. I felt like an alcoholic by myself. Oh, oh no, no, no. Cheers. We're in New York. We definitely drink over here. That's not a problem. <laughs> guys, I want to get a quick picture if you right. guys don't mind. If if I count down, everybody just throw up your glasses really quickly. Ready? Turn your turn your video on if you want to be in the picture. Yeah. Ready? One, two, three. Cheese. All right. Thanks, y'all. Are we good? So thank you so much again, Issa, for joining us. Like, this was amazing. I think I speak for everyone. Like, we stand you. You are goals. Issa, you are me. I am you. Like, all of the above. Um, and can't wait to see all the amazing things that you do. And we're so excited. And we appreciate you so thank much. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so sorry for my bootleg internet, but I really appreciate the the chance to talk to you guys and hopefully I get to see you in person the next time. Yes. I'm holding yes. you to that. Just once this corona is over okay. and like social distancing, we're gonna have you in hers, like we're gonna kiki. It's gonna be lit. <laughs> Easily, I'm there. All right. See, we're gonna take a picture. Uh we, we just already? did. Oh, I missed it. How are you? <laughs> My video stopped working, so I had to get back in it. All right, let's do one. Yeah, yeah, we could do it. Want to do it again? Thank you for you, Brittany. Yeah, the ghetto is at an all-time high today. Ready? One, two, three. Cheers. 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 Got it. The best girl. Thank you, Cecil. You're the best too. Thank you, guys. For sure. It was great to talk to you all. Have a good rest of the day. You too. Thank you. Bye, Bye you guys. Bye. We love you. Bye. <laughs>